Hello and welcome to another Owls 24-7 podcast with your host Shane Marinelli and as always we are joined by the great Kevin Fielder. Uh, Sorry there wasn't an episode earlier this week. I was traveling. We had some schedule conflicts. You were Uh, depressed. Just say you were depressed. No, you know, I I, I think... (laughs) Listen, you want to press? I spent a couple hours yesterday rewatching the game. Why do you hate yourself all the time? Yeah, I know. But you're a masochist. Really wanted to rewatch a couple things. I always try to rewatch every game, you know, get like a the kind of the TV version of it and see what's going on. And this episode, man, trust me, I, I I want to talk about. We still got a game left, so maybe this conversation feels premature. But you know, we're not gonna sit here and break down. FAU versus Middle Tennessee. I don't even want to sit here and break down of what the problems are on offense. I think we know what they are at this point, and I just kind of want to go through some things similar to what we did a couple weeks ago, uh, but um, but just a little different, right? You know, so it, you know, uh, it's a little bit more big picture stuff. And listen, guys, I, I see the mentions, I see Twitter, I see what people are asking me. I get the frustration. Trust me, I was there, man. You know, you're talking to someone, you know, and I know the older Owl fans and uh, we've been through a lot of bad seasons. Okay. You know, I, I watched three and nine or, okay, let's just do this. We went <laughs> four and eight, one and 11, three and nine, three and nine, six and six. Okay. So that was the last two years of Howard, four and eight, one and 11. Uh, three and nine was the first year. Pelini, three and nine or six and six was the second half year of Pelini, where we won four in a row to end the season and finished six and six, but did not go bowling. And then we hired Partridge and went three and nine, three and nine, three and nine. Okay. So, you know, those for you who thought that loss was painful, 52 17, I, I saw that same loss. Um, in Charlie Partridge's last year in 2016, 53. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, I just want to say this. And I thought about this after the game. Uh, you know, I, I tried to try to think of a way to word this. It's losing that game against West, Western Kentucky is not rock bottom. Losing three games in a row is not rock bottom. You know, everyone's going to talk about how this team is hitting rock bottom. This is not rock bottom. I don't know. We're not. We're Trust not me. Rock Trust me. In college football, I, this is not yeah. rock bottom because teams yeah. don't win games. This is this is a three game skid. Okay, which is this. Fun. This is bad. This is bad. This is frustrating. This is every single buzzword and adjective you want to use to explain it. It is not rock bottom. It could get worse. No. Yes, it could. But we will discuss those things. And I understand, obviously, the frustrations with Coach Tiger. And I, again, like I see the mentions out there. And when stuff like this happens at college football, um, you know, let people just go to it. I don't want to get in into the in and outs of, you know, we could maybe do that. You know, listen, a lot of these decisions are made emotionally, right? Like Florida did not wake up on Saturday morning knowing they were going to fire Mullen on Sunday. Okay. Yes. It was now, now was it something they talked about earlier going, you know, how much longer will we sit here and wait for it? Sure. But they did not wake up Saturday going, we're firing him tomorrow. It's done. It's over. 
That's not how that works. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not how that works. But losing a, a, a Mizzou team and only scoring, uh, not scoring a ton of points when they have one of the, like, statistically one of the worst defenses in the country is just, you know, uh, the difference between the NFL, sometimes at college, is a lot of times these decisions are made by boosters. They are made on emotion. They are made on someone who is willing to write a check to make something happen in a snap of a finger. We are obviously not there yet. Okay. So let's just talk about a couple things just to kind of weigh out. Right. I, I think the biggest thing I, I've said is two things can be very true with this team. Okay. Very true. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I don't want to say it's a defense or a four of moving on. I'm just going to lay out all the facts. All right. And people could still, everyone's going to decide for themselves. Most people's minds aren't going to change anyways. Right. Uh, this team, and we've talked about this before, Kevin and I, the cupboard, especially in veteran talent was a lot more bare than we thought it was going into the season. Now, some of it we're going to talk about, we're going to go through. I maybe, it, maybe it shouldn't be as bare. Maybe the players are underachieving, but bad. They just, they they're like there are just some holes on this team man like they started i'm just using this for example they started uh justin mckithed at corner in that game and western kentucky i think threw at him three of the first six plays and just got him okay and justin mckithed was not a cornerback two years ago he was not yeah. part of a cornerback <laughs> yeah like he's a he's a very developmental kid i like his talent and his speed and he looks long out there i, th- I thought he looked impressive like physically he looked long. Um, I was at Western Kentucky and the way their field is, you're, you're really on the field. It's a, it's a cool little stadium. It's very intimate, I guess is a good way to say it. You're pretty close to the field. So you get a really good feel of kind of like the player's size and stuff like that. We also uh, can't wait to never play there again. Continue. I would make that trip again. I'm just saying, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the last one, I guess for a while at least. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it it's, I don't know if he was ready. Right. And you could say that about a lot of guys. Okay. Uh, the cupboard was bare. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and we're going to kind of work our way forward here that I think fans are starting to realize, and it's, I'm not saying it's all his is outside of the trophy case. And I'm stealing someone's words who said it to me. They said it really good. Lane Kiffin did not leave this program better than he found it. Okay. Uh, The roster that Lane took over in 2017 was way better than the roster that Taggart took over and is way better than the last roster we have now. Trust me, we're going to get to some things that I am frustrated with and we are all frustrated with, right? I want you to point out, um, Kevin, I'm kind of splurging this on you because I wanted kind of the element of a surprise um i didn't know the topic of this podcast i'm still here a little bit of shock uh, so (laughs) i want to go through the 2018 fau commits okay so this is the class that fau got after winning their first call this is 11 and 3 this is scored 16 this is willie tatter sorry lane kiffin's second class yes so this is his second full class this is his first full recruiting cycle Okay, it was ranked third in the conference. National rank was 75. 
had a pretty good composite score. They didn't, they didn't take a whole ton of kids. It wasn't like a full, okay. Um, yeah, they had uh, 18 enrollees. I believe it was a class of like 21. There was a couple transfers later on, but nonetheless, let's go through this. Let, um, actually, no, 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 excuse me, a wrong class. I wanted to go through the 2019 class. Okay, so this is two years. Okay, um, Antelaine, you so should I- be recruited. So, so first of all, before we start, I just want to say in the second full cycle of a coach's time at a program, they should have a good class. There is no other way around that. This was coming off the five and seven year, but this was the second full cycle. We can go through the 2018 class, but I really just want to go through the 19 class. These are guys who were in their third full year at FAU. So they would be on the roster. Technically they'd be redshirt sophomores or juniors or, but in this case, they're listed still as sophomores because last year didn't count. Nonetheless, they've, they've all been here three years. Okay. Let's go through this class. Okay. DeMonte Howard, uh, the top rated kid in the class, a former UM commit, has only played a handful of snaps. And has uh, been across a couple positions. Years. Yes. He's been, they've been trying to find a place to put him at this point. I mean, uh, Glover Cook recruited as a running back, moved to defensive back. Uh, actually, made he played nice it either. <laughs> no, but he, he actually made a nice tackle on special teams this week. Okay, Latrell Jean. All right, is your actually, I'd say you Odyssey's probably would you go through this class, right? Uh, backup Kevin Anderson, but is really good in that spot. I'm just gonna say he, he would start at most very good, very good rotational player. He's someone you can you can have as a, a I don't want to say a blue guy, but like a, a puzzle piece to a, a championship. He would, he, would, he would start at, uh, he would start at like 80% of conference USA schools. Ladarius, yeah. Ladarius Henry, not on the team. Trayvon Thomas, not on the team. Larry McCammon. I, I, I just don't something, something, something's up with him. I'm not sure what it is, but. Kel, Kelvin Dean. I it's, it's your three. I, you know, he's getting spot carries. I don't know. Dorian Josie, he's still on the team. It's his third year. I saw him on the developmental roster, okay, the other day. Dwight Toombs, I think he'll be a good player. Darius uh, Tolliver, started a game last year, but he is, like, way down the depth chart, okay? Sorry, I I forgot to say positions. Dorian Josie is a defensive end. Dwight Toombs, safety. He's played a little bit, but like I said, I think he'll be a starter next year. Darius Tolliver, Backup guard started a game last year. Marlon Bradley yeah. has played sparingly this year in spots. Okay. Xavier Roberts, not on the team. Eddie Williams, uh, starting linebacker. Darius. I Moultrie. think he's been good this year. I, I think Eddie Williams has been good this year. A Darius Moultrie, um, rotational I, linebacker. I think yeah. he's had moments. He's, he's had too many missed tackles this year. I'm just going to say it. Romain Mungin, I mean, solid G5 corner. Ramad Smith has not played a down. Okay. Ian Cole. Um, no longer the program. Rod Smith tight end. You want to, we're going to talk about our tight end issues where Ian Cole has not, uh, was on the team for a year, got hurt, transferred Deshaun Richardson, uh, like third string guard, Deontay Nelson, not on the team. Adrian Bryant, not on the team. Federico Barangas, uh, backup guard, you know, could be a starter. Uh, Khalif Bryce, good player. All right. Uh, JV on Posey. He, he was your quarterback. Okay. He's now playing 
they've, gadget. They've, they've tried a different a couple different things that they can do with him, and none of them have worked. Joe Lewis, outside linebacker, uh, but he's moved to fullbacks. Let's talk about some of the guys they recruited but never made the team. Cameron Wynn, receiver, never made the team. J.D. Barton, receiver, never made campus. Ty Edwards, never made campus. Andrew Plummer, never made campus. Brian Merritt, never made campus. Levante Epson, they signed. He transferred uh, in the spring. Jermaine Ash, never made campus. Uh, Tavon Nicholson, never made campus. Currently is at Illinois. Should we keep going? Or is it like we yeah, uh, trans- <laughs> Calvin Ashley, never made it. Never was on the team. Uh, you have Ryan Vinegrad, rotational linebacker and D'Angelo Antoine. You're pretty much your only transfer that made any bad of an impact. So out of that class right now, out of the guys who are kind of third year players, we have one, two, three starters, three. Uh, yeah, I mean, none of you out of your one, two, three, four, five, six top ranked kid. Not a single one is a starter Two have left the team. Right, like, that is the, that. First of all, look, this is the first time I've went through that class, uh, you know, because you didn't tell me anything yet. But that's bad. That's that's not winning football. That's not how you build a program up. You know, Lake Kiffin did a lot of winning, but there were holes on the roster when he left. Yeah, uh, it, uh, what? Like, just just look at the starters they had to replace in year one. They had to replace a quarterback. They had to replace three wide receivers. Is that correct? Yeah. Pico, D'Angelo Antoine, John Mitchell. Um, two tight ends. Two tight ends. They had to replace the two best offensive linemen, Brent Walton and Junior Diaz. Uh, they had to replace three cornerbacks. And they had to replace a good amount of their front seven. Yeah. And, not winning football. Just not yeah. winning football. Well, I don't want to make it also sound like this is just going to be some big defense. Like, I just want to lay out the facts that this roster, you know, I, I you know, the, the biggest mysteries is we've talked about this, you know, kind of the regression of McCammon and Davidson. Davidson didn't even play against Western Kentucky, right? I was there. I did not see him on the sideline. Maybe he's hurt again, but that's just kind of been the theme, man, right? Like, that's also a problem if he's there to get like that. Yeah, it's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, Larry McCammon's had two major ankle surgeries since he's been here. You know, it's this roster is just kind of tough. And, you know, the more we kind of digest it, and, but I will say this is now we're going to start getting into, you know, this year. And, you know, they, they kind of, you know, through the portal, they tried to kind of band-aid some things, okay? Zaire Mitchell, uh, Pat, has been, like I said, a really good blocker at tight end. You know, that's kind of what he is, all right? He's just I, – I, I got to see him kind of move in person on the field, and it's just – he's not like one of these tight ends you see catching a ton of balls in college football. It's just he's, – he's, he's not Harrison Bryant. Like, we could just say no, he's not Harrison he's not, Bryant. He's not. He's not John Rain, okay? Um you know, he's a big blocker. Uh, and the it's tough, you know, to, to, you know, for people just expected this thing to be pick up and go with Taggart. And I do think more and more I'm realizing there, there was more rebuilding with the roster than we even thought. Even players we thought were good 
carryover players or not ending up being good carryover players. But I will say this. And as we've watched these last three weeks and the frustrating part is it seems like none of the little, they're not doing any of the little things and it's not getting better. Now, I don't know if it's not getting better because they just don't have the talent. Okay. I also don't believe that all every coaching problem is a talent problem or that, that, that every, every team team problem is a talent problem. At some point you got to be a good coach. Not, 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 not being, they've had two, they've had four major special teams gaffes the last four years, three weeks. They've had, they've had trouble communicating plays in the end of the season. That yeah, should not happen. Yeah. And those are the things where it's like, I get it. And I, you know, I wonder, you know, yeah, we can go out, we can, we can go find an edge rusher in the portal, probably really talented Juco kid uh, or a transfer. We can go out and get a really couple talented transfer receivers, guys with more years of eligibility, um, you know, that maybe was only out of school for one or two years, you know, it, it's not like a TJ Chase situation or an Aaron Young where they had their company that played at a school for three years and had four catches. OK. Um, and. But that to me doesn't solve some of the things that are happening right now. Uh, and. It, we, and just with some of the development of the players, right, like. Why are we not seeing someone like Kelvin Dean get better? Right. You know, Kelvin Dean is someone who came in in that year. And I remember Effie was kind of banged up at running back at that time. Right. Uh, remember Motor and Car- White both, le- both left for the draft. So Effie, you kind of had like a what are we doing at running back type thing, you know, and. You know, they had B.J. Emmons. Remember, B.J. Emmons got hurt in that first game against Ohio State. He broke his foot. And like Kelvin D was out there. So it's not like this kid who's just not talented, but we've seen him in two years. I saw him got two carries against Western Kentucky and just not see the field again. You know, if Malcolm Davidson and Larry McCammon aren't the same players they were a couple years ago, someone like Kelvin Dean should be coming on and making plays. Maybe he isn't it. Okay. Maybe, you know, like, I don't know that, but my, I sit there and shake my head and ask why Kevin. I, so, so I'm just going to say this and uh, look, don't take this as me defending the things that have happened with Lily Tiger. I've been very open that there are problems on this roster and there are problems on this team that has to be fixed. And they're not all talent issues, even if we'll say that there are some talent problems. Uh, and, and Shane, this is even meant towards you because I know you'll have an answer for me. Uh, you, you have an answer for everything. But I want everyone to sit there. And if they are, if, if they are on that, you know, whatever train they're on, I want them to sit there and ask themselves, can you do better than Willie Tacker? And not just, and that's not a yes or no question. I want you to sit there and think of a list of names who would realistically come to FAU who would be better than Willie Tacker. And if well, you can name some, no, no. And, and if you can name some, then I think you have an argument. If you just sit there and go, well, they should fire him. Why? Why? Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> let's just look at the history. Taggart has a has a little bit of a history. USF, they made a huge jump in year three. Same thing with his time at Western Kentucky. So there is evidence that he has made jumps in in year three. And I do 
that we've talked about, I do like a lot of the young players they've recruited. Okay. You know, we've talked about of some of the kids next year. We got a glimpse, you know, again, I said it was close to the field, you know, Kevin and I have been hyping Jamal and Dreen for uh, like 15 months now. And it, he was on the field as a true he freshman. He had a really good block. He had a really he, good yeah, block. Yeah, I saw him. He was literally, they put him in the field and I was like, uh, it was right in the corner of the end zone where I was sitting. I was probably like maybe 50 feet away from where he was lined up. And I'm like, he looks different out there, right? Like he looks like a guy that's, you know, he doesn't look like some G5 player. It's like, okay, this guy, look, this guy's built different, right? You know, he, he's going to be bigger and stronger than all the kids around him in a couple of years, right? And, I, I think we, I think we told each other that when he was playing Royal Palm Beach in the Tri County Playoff or whatever they called it last year. Yeah, when he, he's scoring three touchdowns versus Dillard in a game, right? Uh, you know, and you see that out there, and you know there is some like, well, we got we got to develop these kids, right? But you know, I, I want to make the point. You know, I made the point with Kelvin Dean. You know, I look at the offensive line, and yeah, they have some veteran guys, uh, Desmond Noel. Nick Weber, who's, a, you know, a former walk-on and has gotten everything out of his career. But, you know, why – I've just wondered what – you know, they they finally started – they finally made a change with Chaz Neal. And I think kind of – we didn't, like, scream for it on this podcast, but we were kind of like, you know, this guy keeps giving up nine pressures a week. He was struggling. He was struggling. Yeah. And when, when he's struggling on the offensive line, that does not mean that neither of us think he's a good player or a bad player. But this is not a talent thing. This is this is looking at numbers. This is looking at tape. He was not playing well. Yeah, they put in Alex Sixavage. He gave up one pressure. Started. Uh, he's considered a cabbage, um, who was an IMG kid from Pennsylvania. Uh, FSU yeah. commit for FSU under Tagger. Played tight end last year in like blocking situations, right? Got, you know, put on a bunch of weight this, this off season came in and, and he played well. Like he played, he wasn't, I didn't he, notice him. I didn't notice him. And that's a good thing. Yeah. He, he didn't grade out great in the run game, but like for your first start to allow one pressure on the quarterback. Okay. But against a good defensive line, no it, less against a really good defensive line. Yeah. They, they, they've got dogs in that offensive defensive line. Sorry. And you wonder, and I look across the offensive line, and I know we're deep there, and I mentioned guys like Adarius Tolver or Federico Mangas, who started nine, I believe, eight games for you last year. It's like you wonder, like Kamar Bell has struggled in pass blocking this year. And I just wonder if, like, you know, and Taggart said it in the press conference. I'm repeating Taggart's words. Do we have the right guys out there? I'm starting to question about, he said that. He says, like, we got to question ourselves. And that's why you saw some lineup changes this week, right? And that's why I think you'll see more. Yeah. You know, like, my thing is, is if Kamar Bell has been an issue through the middle, at least the pass blocking, okay? You have a guy in Marengus who started eight games for you last year, and he struggled at time. I think he struggled with his strength right? A little bit at times. Like, like, I don't think he was physically ready to start yet, but the, the kid could like, I, I don't understand not playing him. Okay. You know, I, we don't see what's going on every day in practice, but your offensive line is struggling this much. I, I'm like, you know, there's just evidence of, you know, why did we move off of Chasnail earlier? Right. Uh, you know, it, it, those are the type of things where, where I begin to question where, 
you know, is this just a talent issue? You know, are we playing the right guys right now? Or are we, you know, we put them in the best positions. It's, uh, you know, do we, are we too quick to move guys? Like I, I, like I made the point with Kelvin Dean, why is it one carry get stuffed a couple times and it's like, you don't see him again the rest of the game. I, yeah, I, I don't know. And that, that's something that's confused me throughout is when guys aren't making plays and I understand that you don't want to be, make rash decisions based off one game. You don't want to look at one game and go, well, these guys aren't good football players because then that's not fair to anyone. Players have bad games all the time. But when you sit here and it's week after week and it's the same problems week after week and you are not correcting those problems week after week, I start to wonder if something needs to change with the lineup. You know, I, like at what point do you change? Yeah, and they've let it go. And granted, they were playing, you know, maybe you're thinking going into the Marshall game, you were playing pretty well. So it's like, but it's not like these issues haven't kind of lingered, right? Like these issues were alive in the UAB game. They, they were alive in the Air Force game. They were even alive in the first half of the Georgia Southern game, right? Like it, it's- They were it's alive not, in the first half against FIU. They didn't leave. Yeah. It, it's not like they just sprung up on you, Okay. Uh, and I don't know why it's taking this long to make some changes. And, you know, you know, they, like I said, they've already, you know, fired the wide receiver coach and I'm assuming like, this isn't anything I know, but if I just had to make a guess, I'm assuming there's going to be more staff changes this offseason. Oh, absolutely. I think that you will absolutely see at least one more staff change. Uh, I'm not sure where that is. I'm we, not sure that, what it is, that but fix everything. I mean, do we just, just, just kind of, you know, chugging the wheel and, you know, starting all new and fresh again. Does that, does that fix everything? Are, are these issues kind of beyond just switching out a coach here or there? I, I Shane, I, I think about it like the, uh, the, the Jason Garrett firing with the New York giants in the NFL. Jason Garrett is not the only problem on that in that coaching staff. Just firing him is not going to change the problems on that coaching staff. And I believe that, uh, you know, just firing one more guy is not going to magically change all the problems you have in there, because that is not how that works. You are not struggling at one part of the field where you go, we need to change here or we need to change there. Yeah. We're struggling across the board. There are problems on offense. There are problems on defense. Even though I think the defense again has been playing well for the most part, there are problems on special teams. It is not just one glaring area where you need to change. It is multiple areas, correctable issues that need to be fixed. And they have not been fixed. But let's just look at the raw numbers. We were we're one and nine, you know, in the last two years under this regime, we are not we were one and nine on the road. That's that's not to me just a stat where it's like, okay, we've had some bad games. Like that says like it's just one of those. It's like Dan Mullen with the power five where it's like, Oh, now he's three and 10. And it's, you know, he's, he's three and eight in his last power five games. Now it's three and nine. Now it's, it's, you know, we are, I believe Western Kentucky made it. Oh, and seven in games. We are underdogs in. It, it's not like there's kind of these flashes where it's like, look at, we can put it together. We just need to correct a few things. No, it just kind of keeps happening. And there oh. are flashes. No, but there are flashes. Nice. But the flashes are not consistent enough for them to be outside of Charlotte. Flashes. Outside of Charlotte, name a road game they haven't looked. No, no, no. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is you have seen some flashes of them being a good football team, but the problem is those flashes are a not consistent enough for you can say, well, you know, they just need to correct a few things. 
and B, when it, they when can't it happen. When have they shown they're a good football team against in situations that aren't ideal? Yes, they have not. I do not believe they have battled adversity enough. They have not battled adversity hard enough. When you they, 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 when, when you get behind the sticks, when you face a third down and long, when you when your defense allows a big time touchdown, you've got to respond. You can't keep letting these things pile on to the point where you cannot come back at that point because you're down 21 points. I, That's I, not how football works. You do not win games by being down 21 points. Yeah, I, I also think, um, you know, I, I've seen some criticism of Nikosi Perry this week. And I, Kevin and I talk about this. On the list of issues, he's near like, the bottom. He's near the bottom for me. He's yeah, straight he, up near the bottom for me. I will say this, though. Nikosi is a pocket passer. Yes, he was a, he, he was a gunslinger pocket passer at Miami, and he succeeded a lot there. He just I felt like he needed a place to put it all together. He needed to change the scenery. And that's what that's what people close to the situation told me as well. So he needed to change the scenery. He needed a place where he could go and, and just kind of figure things out. Okay, this this rot like this offensive. Does this is not, not an Nikosi Pierre offense. No, stop letting not. stop having him run read options ninety five times a game. That's not who he is. But I I I I think there's an identity crisis. There is. There is absolutely an identity going. crisis. You have it. You have a quarterback who's a pocket passer, like you said, wants to gunsling it. Nikosi throws a like his strongest thing. He is more accurate throwing the ball 30 yards down the field than 15 yards. It throws an amazing deep ball. I mean, we've seen that and they've gone through the hands. I mean, the pass to Jaquan Burton and at Marshall is like one of the prettiest passes you will see. Um, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> golf fans asked Ryan Tannehill to throw that pass for like six years. Okay. Some golf fans are asking you to throw it now. Like yeah. <laughs> and he's thrown some really pretty deep balls, but we don't have the O-line for him to drop back there. I think he gets a little, like, I think sometimes he feels pressure that's not there sometimes. Maybe that's fault. That tends to happen with quarterbacks who are under pressure and you start to get back there and a little, right? We see him, like, kind of hurrying through. It's like the fumble. It's like it's like he's just trying to throw the ball before the snap has not gotten back there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And you also just don't have the receivers, like, you know, I looked at the kind of the interception he made on the, I believe it was, it was either third and long, fourth and long, where he just kind of threw it up on the sideline and Jaquan Burton was there. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a play Jaquan Burton has to make. The receiver just came in like, I mean, the corner just came and took it. Right. And, you know, I, I don't really fault Kosey for that. He's just throwing it up, trying to make a play. It was like third down, fourth down long. Yeah. You're down. They're three. down 14 points. You're just trying to make a play at that point. It's 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 a guy trying to make a play because he knows that his team needs one. Like, yeah. And uh, Kevin, I, I what do you do with this though? Um, this is something that's really going to frustrate fans. This is the obvious, and you can debate this. Um, you're playing the number one offense in the country. You have two early punts around mid. I knew this question was coming. <laughs> so this this is one that's and it drives me because you know I I think I. You know, the analytics probably say go the other way on it. And Western Kentucky scored. Yeah, you also had a point where in the fourth quarter, you are down by three scores. You had a fourth at five. Granted, you were at your own 20, but like that's. You're down 21. Yeah. At that you got to go for it at that point. 
and, and you punted and they were like back down to that spot in a few plays. You know, again, you're facing the number one offense in the country, the punting the ball to midfield. I mean, what are you playing for at that? Like to me, that's a like you need to get almost angry and just you know, we're going for it. And I get it, your offense is struggling, but Jermaine, your defense wasn't stopping them. So the way the where the place I stand at this, sorry, uh, is I look at it kind of two ways. Those first that first fourth down, I understand punting the football because it's the first drive of the game and you want to see what your defense has. You want to see if your defense is stopping them, you know, because if you if you get a stop, then you kind of feel more comfortable about the game. The second one, I think you should have gone for it. I think you should have you got to put more trust in your offense. Uh, you know, I, I think you should have you should go on the huddle and said, you know what, you you guys are going to make a play for us. And that third one, fourth and five or fourth and seven, whatever it was, uh, down twenty one points, just go for it, man. What are you going to lose the game? You're down twenty one. What are they going to do? Make it a twenty eight point game on you? Well, they did make it a twenty eight point game on you. Yeah, especially with the way that their offense was playing. Uh, you know, and look, not everything was on the defense. Their wide receivers were making insane catches. Bailey Zappi was making insane throws. But that's exactly why you should have gone for it. You should have said, we don't want to, we don't want to even put the ball in their hands if we don't have to put the ball in their hands. Yeah, it's, 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 those are just those things where it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to defend that, you know, it's, uh, it, to me, it's just, you're, 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 it's almost like you're playing not to lose instead of win the game. I mean, you know, okay, you know, field position in a game versus Marshall. Sure. I'll buy that. Right. Like the, kind of a more of a knock it out, knock them out, drag it out game. But you're going against a team who's just at that point. I outplayed everyone at that point for six straight weeks. Let's just put it this way. We are down 21 points and they are kicking onside kicks. Yeah. They didn't care. (laughs) And we, they, the, the team up 21 was playing more aggressive than the team down 21. And that is frustrating. And those are the things where it's like, you know, kind of this big picture stuff, you know, does, does, does a transfer receiver fix that? I don't know. You know, maybe you're more confident and you start being more aggressive. Granted, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, Lane went for it all the time, but it's easy to go for it on fourth and two when you have motor singletary, right? Like that's. Yeah. Cause you just hand the ball off and he's going to break eight tackles. You don't even have, you you don't even have to block it. Right. Like, (laughs) like, um, but you know, so players make those decisions for coaches sometimes, but man, it's like that point. I just would have just been like, again, the kid in Madden calling four verts and, uh, you know, just onside in it and trying everything you can to, I mean, at least show some fire, like you're trying. Um, but uh, Kevin kind of moving into this weekend, uh, you have a middle Tennessee team that's five and six as well, starting a freshman quarterback and it, it, like right now, I, I think you can kind of tell I'm on the side of just, I think this roster needs more retooling and stuff. And that's kind of where I a little bit lean right now. Right. Like I, I think it just needs more time. I, I get the frustrations and, but man, uh, like I said earlier, the emotions of some of these losses and a loss this weekend to at home to a game oh, you're fighting for bowl eligibility 
to a team that's using a true freshman quarterback, that would be a really tough look. That would be a bad, like, look, Marshall was a bad loss. ODU was a bad loss. Western Kentucky, whatever. That would be a terrible loss. Uh, You know, we can, we can talk all we want about it. You know, does this team deserve to make a bowl game? Blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that talk. You should try and make one every single time you have the chance to make one for, you know, for various reasons to give your seniors another chance to play a big game, to give them a chance to experience something different, to give yourself to, uh, you know, another game to develop young guys. You can't be losing to middle Tennessee, man. You can't be, you can't be. And they're playing some spunky football right now. So, I mean, they're not honestly on the field. They're not playing a ton different than us right now. I mean, you know, they have a young quarterback, but, you know, they have a pretty good running back. Uh, they don't give up a ton of rushing yards. It's, you know, anytime we play a team that, you know, we can't just gash on the ground, it seems to be a struggle, right? Um, but, it, I, again, like I, you know, I, it would be a tough look, and these decisions are made out of emotion. And going bowling and – even if it's not a great bowl, even if it's the Bahama Bowls and you're playing a six and six Mac team and you muster out a victory for six and six Mac in a Bahamas bowl, everyone can feel a little bit better going in the offseason, right? Then you say, okay, well, we had a couple of tough losses. You know, we have some things we have to figure out. Yeah. But- a couple repair, a couple additions to the roster and a little bit more development, you know, seven and six easily turns into nine and three. Right. I am always of the belief that figuring out problems is a lot better when you win than it is when you lose. Yeah. When, when you, when you find ways to win, it's a lot easier to solve those problems because you know, you can win. Right. So, and, and, and just to debate the, you know, the thing, you know, Manny Diaz is no different of a coach. If that, if the Florida state receiver doesn't make that drop drop the ball on that fourth and 14 right yeah like like, they're no no different different of a team but he's probably there's a serious argument he's keeping his job if one guy makes a play on that then you're talking about six wins in a row you know what i mean you're talking about oh they got a really good young quarterback they have a good young core like the whole conversation trust me and and trust me when i say this going into the offseason with six wins in a row seven, one, whatever, how many wins it was in a row. It's a lot easier to find those problems and fix them because you already know that you can win football games. You just got to find out where, what, you know, what went wrong in those losses. When you, when when you go into an off season four and eight or one and 11, it's a lot harder to look at, you know, look yourself in the mirror and go, wow, we really need to change some things because you you don't know what the exact problem is to pinpoint. Uh, You know, you want to always win because it's a lot easier to fix things when you're winning. That's just reality. Like th- that's college football. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be really the, the emotion. If, if they don't come out with a victory, it's going to be pretty. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be pretty heated, you know, and that's just the truth, you know. I this, this season, I guess, you know, it's already been a disappointment, and not going bowling is just it's it's like borderline travesty at this point you know this team has holes but they're not you know they're not that bad uh 
So are are they a team that, you know, like, you know, Shane, I think you you and I might have been a little bit wrong as to some of the predictions that we had. Uh, You know, is this team ready to compete for the conference championship game? I'm not sure, you know, do they have the talent to do so? I'm not sure. But they have a lot more talent than five wins. They have a lot more talent than six wins. They should be an eight-win team right now. And, you know, some of the some performances on the field have kind of proven that. They just haven't put it all together. They, they should be an eight-win team. There's enough talent on the Sharks to be an eight-win team. If not more. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. It, so, you know, we'll see. I, I think there's a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, you know, we'll see. Again, so much can change with just one game versus Middle Tennessee. You know, I feel like this game's really important. But um, happy Thanksgiving, guys. By the time you're listening to this, you might have seen uh, – you're probably listening to this on Thanksgiving. If not, it's Black Friday or the weekend. Uh, 247 is going to be running a huge promotion for an annual subscription. Guys, uh, no matter what happens, the early signing period is in 15 days or just over 15, 20 days, excuse me. Visits are going to start happening. A lot of change with this roster, regardless of what happens, is coming. I know it's been a little slow. It wasn't like the year before with with 26 commits, but um, a lot's going to happen. Guys, get VIP. If it's 75% off for an annual subscription, telling you a ton of news is just going to – it's just going to get crazy for a couple weeks, right? So a lot of decisions need to be made with this roster. So – um, please, you know, sign up and support us. Uh, we're out here doing it the best we can for, for not a ton. So, um, doing it because we love, we love the game. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll be with you, uh, win or lose, uh, on, you know, on Sunday and, you know, it, it, the, the conversation could be very different one way or the other. We'll see what happens.